0: So we have these wonderfully triumphant words of the gospel that Paul is giving us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? And uh, last time... Just by review, you remember I said that I think Paul is referring to uh, the book of Ezekiel here because uh, God said that he had to send uh, the sword and uh, famine upon the people to bring them back to him. And uh, so Paul is telling us here that even though the judgments of God are sometimes quite terrible— they do not separate us from the love of Christ. They do not separate us from the love of God. What a wonderful thing we need to realize. When we go through trouble, when things hit us that we uh, that shock us and that stun us, when uh, unexpected uh, situations uh, turn our life upside down, we know still that God is love and that God deeply cares for us and that God has saved us and is not casting us away. And so Paul says in verse 36, and here's a surprising verse, As it is written, For your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now what in the world does that mean? For years I passed over this text when uh, reading or Preaching or teaching about Romans uh, eight thirty one to thirty nine here these wonderful positive verses. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I passed over this verse because I just couldn't make sense of it. It's actually a quotation uh, from uh, Psalm forty four, and. Uh, um this is the context let me read it to you verse 20 onwards if we had forgotten if we had forgotten the name of our god or stretched out our hand um to foreign gods Would not God search this out, for he knows the secrets of the heart? Yet for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise, do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our afflictions and our oppression? Well, that's a Complaint, if ever there was one, don't you think? How amazing these uh, uh, writers of the Bible, these um, servants of God, would be so bold as to talk to God like that. And it shows us that we can complain as well, and we can talk to God uh, very honestly about our heart and our feelings and what's going on with us. But uh, there David acknowledges that they are uh, killed all day long we are counted as sheep for the slaughter so then what's he talking about or oh, paul in this context what he's talking about is and this is surpri- uh, was a surprise to me when i realized it that paul is recognizing that we are entering into or sharing god's sufferings Yes, pause. We are sharing God's sufferings. Now, normally, you hear the preacher say, God is sharing our sufferings, and he is, of course. That's the whole message. Well, that is a great part of the message of the cross. God the Father, through his Son, entered the world and entered into the sufferings of humanity, to the sin of humanity, to the judgment that humanity deserved. He took the burden of our sins upon him. With his stripes we are healed. And uh, all the sorrows of the world have gone upon God. He has taken the pains of humanity. Read again Isaiah 53. And so it's wonderful that God has taken our pain upon us. And it enables us to go through this world knowing that God shares our pain and uplifts us in our pain— and the burden is not too much for him. But what is this about sharing in and partaking in God's sufferings? Have you ever thought of God suffering? You see, when God decided to create the world, he knew by his foreknowledge that it would involve great pain, because he knew that if he was to create man and woman in his image, enjoying the delights of loving God, it would have to be a free and joyful and willing, volitional love that human beings gave to God. He wouldn't want to make automatons who had no joy in love and uh, no sense of pleasure. So to make human beings with joy in God, loving him and enjoying him by their own will, he ran the risk, and of course it wasn't a risk before because he foreknew it, he knew it beforehand, that they would resist him, that they would fall away, that they would choose to use their will wrongly, which he knew they would do. And yet God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit chose nonetheless to create the universe and the world knowing that they would go through this history of rebellion and God would have to redeem them and go through all their sufferings in order to bring them back to Him. And so, you see, when God chose to love, He chose pain because love reaches into the pains of others and understands and feels all their sorrows. And so when God here is telling us or is showing us how we enter into his pain, he's teaching us how we become intimate with God. Now, of course, we know how God becomes intimate with us because he enters into our pain, as I've said. He shares our sorrows and our griefs in all our afflictions. He is afflicted, says Isaiah. So we know how God enters uh, intimately into our pain. But then, as growing and maturing Christians, we need to learn how to share God's pains, how to enter into His sufferings. Well, how do we do that? Well, we don't, of course, become monks. We don't go off into monasteries and eat only bread and water in order to suffer and make ourselves suffer to enter into God's pain. That is one of the great heresies of the medieval period and the Christian uh, history, Um, and it's quite stupid and tragic. What it means is this, that when you and I suffer... When we go through sorrow and grief and anxiety and worry, not only do we thank God that he's entering into our pain and that he understands us and that he is bearing our sorrows, but we say to our God by faith, Father, I want to thank you for allowing me to share your sufferings because all this world and all the difficulties of this world are our participation in God's and Jesus' sufferings. He is the head of the world, and all the world of faith, men and women of faith, are the members of his body. And when we go through pain, he goes through pain. And when we go through pain, we share his pain. So, you see, this is how pain becomes more bearable as we realize that we are sharing, participating in Christ's suffering. Let's read this again. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Now that is really not a very good uh, image of uh, uh, and humanistic image of humanity, is it? No, it isn't. It's it's completely con- contrary to the way modern humans think. But we Christians know something different. And we are saying to God, Father in heaven, I am willing to participate in your pain. I am willing to participate in the pain that you had in creating and redeeming the world. The pain you have in, in creating and redeeming the world. Because you, Lord, have entered into my pain, why should I not enter into yours so that we know each other? You see, God is training us in this world to have praise and joy in him for all eternity. How can we have praise and joy in Him for all eternity if we don't know what He's done for us and how much it took out of Him and how much pain it involved to love us, to create us, and to redeem us? How can we not, um, uh, how can we have joy and praise towards Him throughout eternity if we do not experience in this world what He has gone through to redeem us? We know what um, He has gone through to comfort us, and so we are doing the same for Him. And then verse 37, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Now, you know, if you don't understand the gospel, you think that this is saying that we have overcome every single thing, finally we will, and overcome all our sins and all our uh, lusts and desires, and we will be victorious. Uh, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we think that's uh, that it means that we overcome everything, And then we say to ourselves, but I can't take this on, I can't believe this is for me because I haven't overcome everything. But you see, that is not what it means. It's talking not about your victory, but Christ's victory for you and on your behalf. Read the verse again. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, not by means of him, Christ is not our means to an end. Through him means that he took on our defeat and gained a victory for us that we could not uh, attain. This is the meaning of the gospel. Christ is our righteousness, not that we have become empowered to be righteous, but rather he has become our righteousness in our place. Righteousness is accounted to us. We are accounted as justified, declared innocent, according to Romans 4, verse 5. You see, I I emphasize again, in a life I never lived, in a death I never died, I base my whole eternity. Christ is your substitute judgment on the cross and your representative resurrection before the Father as he represents you before him. And so in this way, we are more than conquerors. Think of it. You didn't overcome uh, death, did you? You didn't overcome uh, uh, persecution. You endured in it, perhaps. Uh, You um, lived in famine, perhaps, uh, and died, let's say. I mean, I'm just speaking figuratively, as it were. Um, You endured famine by still trusting in God to your last breath. You have lived in poverty and nakedness and you still trust in God. But if somebody killed you, you didn't overcome that, did you? You didn't become a conqueror of death. No, Christ became the conqueror of death for you and Christ became your resurrection. You didn't overcome death by rising from the dead, but Christ overcame death by rising from the dead, and therefore you lift up your heart and say, In Jesus, dear God, I am a conqueror. Hello there, I'm Colin Cook, and this is a program that I give you, share with you every Monday through Friday. It's called How It Happens, and you're welcome to listen in and learn about the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ through the book of um, Romans. I go through this book every year to a year and a half. If you would like to make a donation to this program, it would be so much appreciated and funds are quite short at the moment. And this program, by the way, has been going now for 26 years. You can send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160 or you can make your donation online at FaithQuestRadio.com That's FaithQuestRadio.com Thank you very much for all your support over the week's months and years, some of you. And thank you for your little notes. I do appreciate them. They're very encouraging. I'll see you next time then. Cheerio and God bless.